Hey guys, welcome to the Timmy Riggs Podcast, Life in the Meantime. Really excited about today's episode. I sat down and talked with Sam O'Bannon. You're going to hear about uh, basically his transition in life and the things that he is doing in the meantime and what's got him there. Okay, hey, so I'm here today with Samuel O'Banniel. Glad to have you on the show. Appreciate it, Timbo. Glad to be here. You don't have to scream into the mic. It's a microphone. An amplifier. Are we starting? If you're just three inches away, it works. We have started. That's right. Uh, I found it best to just get right into it. Sure, sure. Um, So here's the first question I'm going to ask you, and this should be a softball question. You should be able to answer it pretty easily. Um, I think that people like to kind of hear some of these funny things, you know, to begin with and simple. But thinking about your whole life, how old are you now? 22, 21? 21. 21 years old. Let's go ahead and hear out maybe your deepest, darkest sin that you've ever committed. Wow. Being on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I won't make you answer that question. Uh, but anyway, really glad to have you on here because I think that you're in a spot in your life that is embodying the in the meantime the kind of place in between uh, or where you're living within a transition, right? And so tell us a little bit about the transition that you're in right now. Yeah. So I am starting my second semester of my senior year in college. Um, And so with that, you know, some responsibilities classes wise, um, kind of having the, you know, college experience, hanging out with friends, taking classes. Um, But recently I've um, started a position as a pantry manager over in the Two Lakes, Lyrewood area in Northwest OKC. Um, And so it's been a blessing. I've loved every second of it. Um, and so kind of with that, trying to kind of right now figure out how to juggle, you know, the responsibility of the college experience living as a student while also starting, you know, a, a job that's hopefully going to keep carrying over post-college. Um, and so kind of trying to figure out how to juggle, you know, time with relationships, time with friends, finishing classwork, while also maintaining some real responsibilities and being in charge of leading older people, being in charge of leading people in very serious, um, compassionate ministry. Mm-hmm. So um, right now, just kind of figuring out that balance and tension. And so you're partnering with uh, Pastor Thaddeus Black, who's awesome. He has an incredible story. Definitely yeah. probably want to get him on here at some point. But, okay, so you're in this space of uh, truly kind of going from college, which is some of the best possible years, if you do it right, that you'll Mm -hmm. ever live. Because no other time in your life will you get four years where basically the rest of society is like, hey, kind of go do whatever you want. We got you covered. Um, Learn, have fun eat whatever because you're probably not going to gain too much weight other than your first 15 pounds right so it's like (laughs) you are literally coming out of that and that's a really fun world and I've argued and I stand by this that college students are some of the busiest people that I know that their schedules are so full no other time in your life will you every day go from about eight to eight in the morning to 1 a.m., right? I mean, like, that is a college schedule. Whether, even though, what's crazy is when I think back to, like, how many classes I miss, because every semester I max my absences. When I think back to that, and the fact that I only had, like, maybe three hours of school a day and how hard that seemed, but that was 
that was like compounded with the like amount of work that you have afterwards yeah. and then if you have a job and then if you're involved in student council or any other sports any kind of extracurricular activity um, and then just having friends and not wanting to seem like a total you know recluse where you just lock yourself right. in and only work and on top of that you this last semester uh, you got a girlfriend which I mean like I she listens she's gonna be like oh god please don't talk about me that's no doubt just like how Emma they're similar um you kind of figuring that all out, and hopefully, like, it'll be real awkward if you guys break up before this comes out. This is um, true. Let's hope not. Maybe even after, it could be weird. During. But yeah. Uh, right now, I kind of text. It's so over, Sam. Talk. I, I have a feeling that you're talking about me on a podcast, <laughs> you weirdo. Um, Actually, need to take this And call. so you're literally in, truly in that transition. And here's one thing that I just heard yesterday that was really helpful. And we mentioned, so we met for a small group. So not even mention that. So we, uh, we're in a small group together. Um, and we met this morning and for most part, I don't know, probably on average every other week last mm-hmm. semester. And, uh, you know, where you guys are waking up at six 30. If I was a college student, you would have never gotten me out of bed at six 30 yeah. in Oklahoma. On Saturdays, the tornado sirens practice at noon, and that was my alarm clock on Saturday. So, like, that <laughs> no was doubt. my life. So, if someone was like, hey, do you want to grow? Do you want to become closer to Christ? Do you just want to talk to your brothers and, and learn? And I'd be like, yeah, that sounds sweet. And they'd be like, okay, meet at Starbucks at 630. I'd be like, like no. no. <laughs> yeah, no chance, nerds. You know, go back to bed. <laughs> um, and so, it's cool that you guys come. So, we were talking this morning about, okay, that tension that you're in, right? Yeah. And I'm a big believer in and I've kind of been trying to find the words for this but the space where like God's promises like they're true mm-hmm. and they ring true like we can have a peace that surpasses all understanding we can all understanding we can live an abundant full life full mm-hmm. of friendships full of opportunities you know mm-hmm. um, that we can grow in our gentleness that we can grow in our kindness and our yeah. self-control so we can literally become more disciplined yeah. But there is also a call to pick up our cross. And so I think that uh, we can kind of merge those together. And and what does that look like? Well, that looks like to live into the promise of God's spirit helping us become more patient. We also have to recognize that sometimes that comes through the moments where we want to be the most impatient, right? right? Like those that are recognizing, hey, this isn't a time to be impatient. This is actually an opportunity to grow in my strength mm-hmm. of being patient. And um, so I think that sometimes we leave out the whole picking up of our cross. Yeah. And uh, and so in your life, in everything that you're transitioning in, in the meantime, mm-hmm. you are not necessarily having one problem that you have to solve. It's like, oh, I just have to solve this problem. I move on. It's over. No, it's like you're actually beginning to realize that it is kind of a constant tension. And so um, I was, we were just talking about there's a pastor that we uh, follow and is really great speaker on leadership and stuff. And he talks about like a lot of life isn't just a problem to be solved. It's a tension to be managed. Yeah. And so work-life balance, figuring out how to be part-time, finish your last semester of college, be in charge of your class president. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm perfect. I'm Sam. I'm class president. You said it. Uh, (laughs) And have a girlfriend, have your friends and just do all these things that take 36 hours and you have to film within 24 hours. Like it is not so much just one time you solve it and move on. It is 
attention that you're constantly managing. And so what do you think out of that is the biggest thing that you've been learning? Like, yeah. because truly, I mean, you've gone through a pretty strong metamorphosis in the last three years. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that anyone that's close to you would recognize that you've, uh, kind of answered that call. And so let's just answer that question. What's one of the biggest things, or, or maybe even let's talk about kind of even that transition in general, what yeah. started it, what, uh, made you feel really passionate about growing, improving, going yeah. closer to God, all those things. I want yeah. you just from your sophomore year to college to now, let's talk about yeah. how you've become who you are. Yeah. But the first thing I think of is freshman year. Um, freshman year, you know. First thing I think of is I was born. I was born. <laughs> March 17, 1998. 98. St. Patty's baby. So I have a little Irish blood in me. I have okay. no accent whatsoever. So I'm just holding true to the holiday. My brother told me that I also have Irish blood. That really? we, if you really trace this back, we have Irish royalty, if wow. you will. Wow. Um, Connor McGregor and I are practically <laughs> cousins. <laughs> yeah. Same athletic build. We both incredibly good fighters. CrossFit um, on the reg. On the reg. Okay, I won't interrupt anymore. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you, Nick. So, you know, I, yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think back to, you know, freshman year. Um, freshman year, I don't remember sleeping. You know, I got into college and truly, you know, lived into the experience of what college is like. And, you know, I have regrets, and I also don't regret a lot of it because it was just fun. Um, but, you know, there would be nights where I would be up till 3 a.m., and people talked about the freshman 15. I gained the freshman 20 because I wouldn't eat until the latest part of the day, and I would just scoop peanut butter in my room because I was hungry. And I just remember, like, I wouldn't even brush my teeth. I'd go to bed, wake up for class two hours later, not retain anything, take a nap. Is that the year that, like, because you were – you were pretty average size. Like you were like kind of like my size, <laughs> yeah. maybe a couple inches taller. Mm-hmm. And then you show back up and you're yoked. What happened there? Is well, this where you're going to confess? This is, this is <laughs> all kidding. going back to the first yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't put Wait, any Was that the emphasis. sophomore year you came mm-hmm. back? It was actually junior year. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. then I don't want to interrupt. I want to get ahead. Keep going no, with your yeah. story. You can then talk. You can give some emphasis to that. Sure, sure. Um, so... Yeah, freshman year, you know, like the idea of discipline wasn't even a thought. And I would even say the same thing sophomore year. And yet, um, you know, the more I'm like reflecting on that part of college, like I realized I always inside was feeling like I was destined to do something big. But my actions didn't result in that. You know, I would stay up till 3 a.m. playing Super Mario with the, with the bros and then wake up five hours later and just be coasting through the day. Mm-hmm. But yet in my mind, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be doing something a little bigger. And, you know, it hit me probably, you know, going through college, sophomore year, similar patterns, growing a little more in discipline. But I would say going into junior year, you know, it hit me after listening to kind of some mentors um, and some people in my life like you. Um, and also some pastors and some speakers realizing that if you don't have action behind your dreams, it's just in your head, you know. And so um, I would say, you know, with kind of the transition of life I'm in right now, um, one of the biggest things I'm learning is just the perspective of it. Um, even going back to last semester, you know, the whole thing about learning how to be a better leader um, in the meantime truly is a constant growth. You never, I'm learning, you never reach that ultimate point because if you do, you're not leaving room for any growth beyond that. Um, and so, you know, one thing I'm learning like last semester, um, we talked about this a little bit this morning, was 
looking at the idea of a full plate with a bad perspective. Um, and I think one word to describe that would be self-pity almost. Um, kind of walking around like, oh, every, if only people knew what's on my plate. If only people would ask me like how I'm doing and having a receiving mindset. Um, that's one thing that I've learned. You know, Having that mindset makes you feel like you need to be a burden to other people and truly limit your potential, I think, to impact others' lives. Um, and so kind of the biggest thing I'm learning right now when it comes to leadership, you know, if you're having, if, if you're listening and you ha- feel like you have a full plate right now, um, I truly think the idea of perspective is something we can all get a little bit better on. Um, because having that receiving mindset, you know, one thing I'm learning is truly limiting uh, the potential you have to be a blessing in another person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, so this semester especially, um, one thing I'm trying to work on, you know, compared to last semester would be looking at an opportunity, you know, looking at a full day, a full plate as, man, this is an opportunity. Or like, you know, thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. You know, like, or um, I'm thankful for the times when um, I might feel a little anxious because I know like in those moments, those are the moments where um, being prepared for maybe the next level of leadership or the next responsibility. And so um, I would say that's a kind of a different mindset that I'm approaching with is what is your perspective on it? Because your perspective is going to lead to what the action's going to be. Yeah, that's awesome. So a couple of things stood out to me. Um, definitely a, f- a change from freshman Sam mm-hmm. to, you know, now to saying, hey, this is opportunity, you know, and I want to be excited about my full day and not feel sorry for myself, especially when we're so young. It is, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, right? I mean, I think there's some scripture out there. I, I hope I, I just <laughs> hear one pastor saying it all the time, yeah. uh, T.D. Jakes, where he's like yeah. to, um, devour your prey in the morning divide your spoils in the evening and it's that Mm. this idea of like when you're young that's the time to work hard and so that's the time to have a 16 hour day and of course I say that like not a 16 hour day like don't just do mindless work like it's it's moving the ball down the field and then also finding time within your week to have a Sabbath and to rest and to find, yeah. you know, um, some stillness. I personally am the worst at having a whole day where I do, like, Sabbath. I, re- I Truly, it's a weakness of mine, and I'm not going to promise I'm going to get any better this year. Maybe that's something I'll focus on next year. <laughs> that's why the waking up early is so important to me, and it's a real challenge. Like, that's mm-hmm. a real sacrifice, and I, again, don't always nail it. But that's the time where I say, okay, I can read Scripture, I can pray, I can be calm and still. So at 7.30 comes around, 8.30 comes around, I can kick it, and I can go all day, you know. Yeah. And... Um, All right, so the other thing that stuck out to me, I'm trying to think uh, what you said. Um, Perspective change. You said mindset. So now you have a new mindset. And I was just thinking this morning about the scripture of being transformed by the renewal of your mind and how what that doesn't mean is I'm going to be transformed by coming home and watching the same Netflix show every night. Like if you want to be somewhere else than where you are in life, doing what you're doing can't stay the same. And I think we have a lot of like our culture and life right now is kind of like, no, you don't have to change. You know, you're perfect the way you are. Okay. I don't know. I kind of disagree. You know, like I'm not saying that you're not perfect in the sense that God loves you as his creation, but 
to change and grow and even like we said they kind of have that metamorphosis like mm-hmm. it takes action it takes discipline yeah. and it is worth doing i mean that is why you even look at so many people that we admire i mean pastor rick pastor yeah. craig all these people who we really look up to it's okay they made decisions at our age mm-hmm. that hey this is who i want to be when i'm 45 when i'm 50 yeah. and so i'm going to start living this type of way and there's a lot of sacrifice in it but then it's the reward of i mean the type of freedom and life that you have right. at that point and so a uh, huge believer in discipline equals freedom yeah. and that a l- all of it starts with mindset with the way yeah. you think i mean and that's why we're told be transformed by the renewal of your mind and that takes everyday habits you know you have to do it every day yeah and and also you know I think especially for college students specifically um, one of the temptations is to confuse busyness with purpose um, because I think a trap that's easy like you said in college you know you're you're one of you're in one of those times like periods of life where it seems like your day you're not stopping to breathe Mm. um, or barely to eat And I think a temptation a lot of college students feel is that temptation to fill up a schedule. And I really think it translates even into adult life some, is filling up a schedule and using that as an excuse of kind of, I had a purposeful day. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. When in reality, you binge watch five episodes of Netflix, that took you five hours. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and not saying Netflix is a bad thing. Well, and even other things, you know, like that's not even... You're constantly, you hear the ding on your email and you constantly go to it. Well, it's junk mail. You know, this morning I saw I had 11 emails and I've been notoriously terrible for not being a good emailer. And so I've been stepping it up lately. And so this morning I was like, 11 emails overnight? And of course, they were all like weird subscriptions that I have to certain things and yeah. news articles and, you know, Lifetime Fitness email me every morning <laughs> and it's making it so hard for me to keep saying no. They want you back. They want me back and it's just too far. It's too expensive. You're um, too good for them. But my goodness, was that a luxury to work out there. So, uh, really, <laughs> Lifetime Fitness That's guys, sponsor, <laughs> yeah, secretly sponsored by them. Goodness, I wish. But you know who we are sponsored by? Streaker's Window Cleaning. Thanks, Spring is just around the corner, guys. You have family coming over for Easter and uh, birthdays, and they're excited about summer. The last thing you need is dirty windows. Give us a call today, 405-883-7006. All right, thanks to our sponsor, Streaker's Window Cleaning. So, Sam, we're back <laughs> on the roll there. Um, so, again, being transformed by renewing your mind, having habits that create strong discipline. You're 21 years old. Old man, we're talking. You're doing stuff, and and it's not just you. There's a there's a lot of guys that you're really close friends with. You're all influencing each other. I it's dude. The, the rising tide lifts all boats. You guys are, I mean, you you bring a lot of joy to me I'm so proud of you guys like from that sophomore year it's kind of when I got to know you guys yeah. well and the the I know that you guys had tough talks I mean mm-hmm. even hey you know I think I don't know I can't remember specifically but didn't people say say I'm like hey dude like you have so much potential like these are your best friends yeah. they're having tough talks with you like yeah. show up on time you know yeah. stick to your word or whatever and uh, to have not only mentors but your best friends saying that is really cool and yeah. shows you you know, it's that classic, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. No so doubt. if they're doing that now, you guys are just going to continue to grow. And you're all getting into relationships. You're finding careers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's cool. 
And yeah. that is something that I would say a large amount of people in the world do not have. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's if you wake up and you're sad and you feel like nothing's going for you, you can at least be like, you know what? I can be grateful that I have great friends. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. Um, that's really important. Did you have something to add to that? No doubt. Yeah. I, um, I mean, it's the classic line of show me your friends and I'll show you where you'll be. I mean, um, yeah, like you said, you know, sophomore year, um, I think everyone kind of hits a wall at some point and it can be for a lot of various reasons that can, that wall can last for a while. It can be pretty brief. Um, but for me, a big part of my life was sophomore year. Um, and I think it was just a whole battle of, um, a lot of anxiousness, borderline, you know, depressive um, thoughts, and just really wanting to kind of isolate um, and not be around people, and um, kind of my like, I guess, vigor, like ferocity at kind of attacking, you know, life, and also like living into the potential I feel like God's placed on me, and um, living into you know what He's calling us to do, kind of wasn't there, um, and it took, you know hard, very, um, kind of ego to the side conversations with some people who just flat out confronted me, um, and said, you know, Sam, like, I don't know where you've been lately, or I don't know, like, why have you not been coming to these things? Or, um, you feel like you're slacking, you know, I know you're a little better at this. Um, and as a friend, you know, that's hard to hear. Um, but that's the type of friendships we all need, um, is people that when, you're kind of going through it, um, can say like, no, like you're held to a higher standard. Like I know this. And I really think it's true what you said. There's not a lot of people that have those people in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, one advice that I would have and one thing I'm learning is if you don't have one of those, be one of those. Um, if you don't have a person like that in your life, um, it's easy to kind of fall, like I said earlier, into that self pity party of, I don't have anyone doing this, but the, the thought could be reversed and, there's other people that don't have that. So if you want to, if you want to find one, be one. Because I can guarantee, if you start to be one, those people you're looking for are going to fall into your influence and into your circle of friends. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is a that's a huge thing to learn, especially as you're transitioning out of college or even beginning in college, finding those people that are going to, you know, iron sharpens iron, truly are going to be with you on your lows. Um, and especially when you're elevating are going to be excited for you. Um, and not, you know, trying to keep you back down to where you were. Um, cause one thing I'm learning about friendships, especially is when you're trying to elevate, when you're trying to grow, the true friends are the ones that are going to say, man, keep going. Pushing you forward. People, yeah. Yeah, giving you a lift. So I think that here's some practical advice to anyone who's kind of like, yeah, I mean, how do I find those people? Like, I think that I do have them in my life. I, I don't. Like, what's a really good indicator? And I like the idea of looking, look at their last three to five years. Where were they? Where are they now? Yeah. Has Have they steadily moved forward? Are they progressing? Or are they kind of getting worse? Like, what is the trajectory of their life over the last five years? Because chances are extremely high that the next five years will have that same trajectory. And so if it seems like they're slowly going uphill, start walking with them. Because that's gonna you're going to start moving uphill yeah. as well. Yeah. And so, you know, I think um, that's the other piece when you said you were kind of in that moment where you were sad, borderline depressed, yeah. you know. But when we listened to it, what were you not doing? There was no progress. Mm -hmm. I believe that a huge part of the sadness and depression that people feel, especially in today's day and age, 
in, in our country and where we live and all the opportunities uh, afforded to us is that people aren't finding that bigger purpose, that way to really see progress in their life. And when you just feel stuck and you feel like you're in the same spot, you're going to feel you're going to feel sad and depressed. Think about um, the rich young ruler when he comes to Jesus and Jesus kind of gives him the instructions on what he can do. And it says that he turns around and walks away and Jesus walks the other direction. He walks away sad. Why? Because now he's staying in the same place and there's no progression in his life. Yeah. He's not changing. There's nothing new being added. There's no growth out of some old habit to a yeah. new habit. It is, it is, well, I guess I'll just, I'm sad about changing but I'm also sad about where I'm at, and so that leads to that, you know, sadness, depression. I'm not saying there's not other things that also lead to those feelings, but I think that's a huge one, especially for people, you know, in our age and um, in our culture today. That's kind of, you know, so no doubt. And there's, and yeah, like you said, there is, you know, cases where it's. Um, legitimate, you know, medications are needed, depressive. Um, thoughts are real um, and that's a real factor um, but in our day and age in our culture of almost expecting and demanding perfection and expecting um, kind of a social media wall where we see things um, at a rapid pace and we see people in real time a lot uh, more frequently than we probably should um, that ex- that desire to be vulnerable with another person to say hey I'm going through it or hey um, I feel like I'm not living into my purpose. I feel like that can be hard because of the expectation that's put on us. But I guarantee those conversations is what the, is where the breakthrough is. And I wonder, like, depression level was probably way lower when you had to go out and catch your food for the day. You know what I mean? Like, because you're like, dude, I got to catch this. You can't sit around and be sad that you don't no. have nothing to eat because like, you got to go catch it. So it's like today I'm like, I can get an Insta burger, you know? Like, yeah. I don't need, I can go to Chick-fil-A, God's Restaurant. I can get a drone. I can get it. Yeah, I can call <laughs> Uber McDonald's. Eats and I can sit at home. Like, they, so you have to find yeah. areas to push your energy into. So this goes to my next part mm-hmm. that I want us to talk about because I think it drives all those things. And you said, and I had this similar feeling, um, or, and I've talked about it before, and I don't know if I've covered it in the podcast. I've preached it, you know. But basically, when I was a freshman, I all was a terrible student, worse academically than you by far, um, and had these desires and had these beliefs and, and this drive and, and a vision of what I felt like God was calling mm-hmm. me to, and yet my life wasn't leading into it. Um, and eventually, you know, was able to kind of redirect my actions to try to fit into my vision a little bit of what I felt like God was giving me. And so I think a huge part of of being transformed by the renewal of your mind, of uh, initiating new habits, getting rid of old ones, and growing as a person and stepping into the chrysalis, I may add, mm. from a uh, caterpillar to a butterfly. Mm. It takes what? A big vision. Yeah. A big vision. Let me yeah. read this to you. I put this on my Twitter yesterday. <laughs> um, it's from John Maxwell. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, <laughs> he plays around. Timmy has his book on the desk as we speak. It's on my desk. 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I don't actually read it. I put it on my desk hoping that it'll just, just the soak clout. into my... Yeah, for the clout. <laughs> um, <laughs> clout, guys, I am learning is what, Sam? Clout is when you got some swagger. When you got some um, something you can kind of show off to people it, when you're Timmy, wearing two rings when you're <laughs> when you're wearing two rings and a gold watch and a john maxwell book <laughs> john he's approaching Ma- a good clout level <laughs> i 
<laughs> yeah, well, these this armpit sweat. Look at that. That's oh, that's, not... that's some. If you could see it, we got some thick arm sweat. On <laughs> it's this side. shirt. Okay, John Maxwell. He says this. One of the most valuable benefits of vision is that it acts like a magnet, attracting, challenging, and uniting people. I believe that you had a big enough vision that you recognized. What I'm doing is not going to get me to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your vision in life. And mm-hmm. and this could be like, it's written in your little diary and nobody knows about. What's your Uh-oh. big dream? So I'm whipping out the diary right now. Um, yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> I think when you have that innate desire in you, um, sometimes you don't know. One of the best things I heard over the summer was, you know, God will either reveal to you the mountaintop and not show you the path to get up there, or he'll reveal to you um, the journey and kind of the road to get there, but not the mountaintop. You know, and I think for me... That's good. I like that. Yeah. it. Um, I'm not taking credit for that. but uh, <laughs> John Maxwell. <yeah. laughs> get into partnership. Um for me, you know, I think I've seen that mountaintop in a small, like a blurry sense, um, but I don't know the road to get there. Um, you know, for me, I've always been so intrigued with, I'm a business major at SNU, and, but yet I've always felt a tug to ministry. Um, and, I, you know, I think if you're a Christian, that should be an innate desire for ministry, um, to spread the gospel, to love people like Jesus loves. Um, but for me, I've always kind of had that. Let me th- give some scriptural context to that as well, because yeah. that's exactly how I've felt that. I just had, I went to eat last night with some awesome people and friends, and we talked about this kind of that place of, I feel like God has called me to be a pastor, and I also feel like he's given me some gifts and ability to do some business things as well. And for a long time, I think it sometimes felt like you can't do both. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I've had a lot of leaders and mentors in my life that have given me the freedom, that have empowered me. And also, all you have to do is look at Paul. Yeah. Look at the disciples. Like they were also doing this. Paul was a tent maker. That's that was part of his, you know, means of survival. Yet his he he rarely t- like that's a very low level part of who he is. The right. part of him is that hey, in his weakness he's made strong in Christ. And so he's just out there making tents, building shelter. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a home builder, yeah. if you will, you know? Yeah. And yet is someone so dynamic yeah. to spreading the gospel. I mean, wrote yeah. two thirds of the New Testament and so uh very, very influential, yet a businessman, mm. if you will. That's so good. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> you, Timmy, have, have been a good example of, you know, a great example in my own life of what that looks like, um, you know, keeping that tension of being a pastor while also influencing and seeing, you know, how many people you can influence in the business world um, and having that tension of, you know, believing big faith for a big God. Um, and that sometimes, you know, the walls of ministry doesn't have to always confine in a church, but it can be in the church and also outside, um, in the business world. And I think that's a really intriguing concept for our upcoming generation. Um, and so to, yeah, to answer your question, my big vision, you know, um, I believe in the balance, you know, of what could be done in a church concept, but also what could be done in a business concept. Um, over the years, I've kind of um, been in environments that have made me a little uncomfortable. Um, spending a couple summers at a Christian sports camp called Kids Across America, I walked in and I see four other white people. And that I'm white, to kind of get a little background there. Um, and, you know, walked in, immediately felt uncomfortable because in the spaces I've been in, it's all been kind of whitewashed environments. Um, 
And so getting in those experiences, getting out of your comfort zone, um, you know, realizing those moments, like we serve a universal, you know, we serve a big, big God that's not confined by race, by gender. Um, and that idea of God's inclusive love has been something that's been so on my mind about, you know, how can we reach the people that no one's reaching? And like, it's the Andy Stanley line to reach the people no one's reaching, you have to do the things no one's doing. Um, and so my kind of big vision is how can you create a church dynamic um, that goes past the confines of race, that goes past the confines of gender, um, and unites people all together for the idea of seeking Jesus and becoming more like Jesus, um, while also having a business side to it. Um, and the goal of that, you know, truly is <clears throat> to reach the people no one's reaching. And um, I think to do that, you know, we, we're in a world kind of where um, attention span is so short. So, but I also think people are hungry. People are hungry for the Bible. People are hungry for truth. Um, people are hungry to be loved. Um, and so my kind of vision right now, it goes along with the uh, um, position I'm in right now as pantry manager of, um, you know, how can this, it seems like there's a little, there's still a divide when it comes to the racial gap um, in church and also in our culture in the United States. Um, and I think it's going to take people to kind of speak up about it, um, people to speak up and point people back to how did Jesus live? Um, how did Jesus live when it came to uniting people to loving people? Um, and how can the church play a part in that? How can the church be a safe space? How can your business life, how can your business world, business setting you're in be a safe space where people ultimately see Jesus? People People feel loved. People feel appreciated. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes to what's happening right now at the pantry, um, at the Two Lakes Pantry, sometimes for someone to understand how much the Lord loves them, you have to first meet their physical needs before they're spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're offering food. We're, the, there's a clinic coming in offering, offering free medical care. Um, And so one thing I'm learning right now is for some people who maybe haven't had an advantage in life like I had coming from a middle class family, um, you know, getting most things that I would ask for. That's just my story. Um, But some people don't have that story. And the idea of, you know, preaching the gospel. Some people don't even know they have the freedom to ask. No doubt. No doubt. And don't know if they have the freedom to offer anything worthwhile. And so it comes to the question of dignity, you know, and and meeting them where they're at and meeting people where they're at. And so my vision, you know, is to reach people that um, have not heard that they have purpose in their life um, because they have never even seen purpose to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, And to do that, I'm realizing that for some people, it takes accommodating their physical needs before you even have a chance of saying, hey, there's something even bigger than this. There's a there's a God who loves you. There's you know, Christ has come and loves you. Um, that's not going to be received very well if they're thinking, well, I have a family I need to provide food for. Or, you know, I have a family that hasn't had a flu shot in six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm scared to death one's going to get it and die. And um, so what I'm realizing is that for to reach the people that I feel kind of called to reach, um, my vision is that to f- 
before we can even get into the trenches, we have to first accommodate for people's physical needs, and that's treating them with dignity. That's providing a physical resource like food, um, like medical care, and it's also completely meeting people where they're at. Um, and you know, I think there's a there's an area where you know me and Timmy live right now that's kind of untouched, um, and so I feel I feel kind of pulled to the area over in Northwest OKC, the Lyrewood area, and so my vision right now is what can be done. You know, how can that how can this area become a resource center? How can we um, meet people who are you know. When it, it, our my pastor Thaddeus over at um, one of my pastors Thaddeus over at the church I attend um, was talking about you know these guys he was in prison for eleven years and he said there were some people who were in the prison that have been there their entire life it seems like like from this the point of when they could actually be in the prison to like when they're 60, 70 years old. And he said he saw a couple of them be offered, you know, out of prison, like they had the chance to leave and start being on parole and being out of prison. But they were in chains their whole life. And so when they were offered freedom, they didn't even understand that they had the opportunity to grasp that freedom. They wanted back in jail. And so when the idea of freedom was presented to them, they were already in chains their whole life, that the idea of being out in the real world, being out of prison, was something that terrified them, justifiably. And they wanted back in prison because that was safe. And I think people are living in that out of prison because they have seen generations of hurt, of curses on their life, their families. And, you know, I feel a responsibility to meet those people where they're at and say, like, your family generation line doesn't define you. You know, those curses that were on your family, that were on your home, they don't define you because, like, God has come and he's like, you know, he's setting the captives free. Um, and so I see a group um, in this area that has been chained up their whole life, and I think it's our job to say, hey, there's more to life. You have purpose. You have worth. What you give is valuable. Um, and being able to receive and not just give um, is something that I think is, is a vision I have. Awesome vision, Sam. I mean, and, and inspiring, you know, the, the call that you feel like you're answering and uh, just the, the dream that you're, you're chasing and literally putting action to, you know. And so it sounds like even as you've been figuring it out and that quote that you mentioned earlier, God's either going to show you the journey or he's going to show you the mountaintop. Like, maybe you've seen you're seeing more of the journey do you think or do you think i thought i thought at first it was the mountaintop um but the more i think you get into like putting action into your vision um i think the mountaintop can change and it can become a little more hazy because life kind of comes right up to your face you kind of have to decide um you know what am i going to do and i I said that i've said that statement about the mountaintop but the more i'm learning is that that mountaintop can change and it's not always absolute um you know because i think sophomore year of college i would have had no idea like no idea whatsoever that at this point in my senior year second semester i'd be where i'm at yeah, but that faithful, being faithful when no one's watching, um, that those moments when you're in the dorm and you know your roommate's not there and no one's there, you're not posted on social media, you're there. Um, you have the choice of I'm gonna, am I gonna spend this time thinking about who I'm gonna be in ten years? Mm-hmm. Like, am I gonna? Am I gonna finish sending those emails? Am I gonna? Am I gonna actually get quiet time with the Lord? Am I gonna? 
be integrity filled with my relationship? You know, am I going to live disciplined going to sleep on time and not scrolling through TikTok? You know, I think it's TikTok, but it's TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Great breath note. Um, so what do you, uh, what's the quote by Craig, um, where he says, it's the things that no one wants to do that creates the life that everyone wants or something, you know? Yeah. And um, so let's talk about you have this vision that you're living into that's maybe a day-to-day journey, but I believe vision drives action. It drives your behaviors. It drives, you know, so where there is no vision, the, what's, the, what's the line? I can't remember right now. Where there is no vision, people uh, perish. People that's, perish. That sounds right. And uh, <laughs> I was gonna totally make up a word. Right yeah, so you're like dissolve. <laughs> you do that. You're you like off the wall. Like I'm like no no. no, no I'm right. like who is that coach? And you're like Barney. Barney. Was it Barney? Um, Barney Smith. <laughs> um, average last name. Where there is where there is no vision, people perish. And yeah. so vision drives you know everything else. And I believe that. And I read that quote from John. Yeah. It's a magnet, you know, and it pulls other people up. So personally. You have your vision. What habits has it been driving in your life? Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, when it comes to disciplines and habits, um, there's always a tension. You know, I love that quote you said. Sometimes it's not always a problem to be solved. It's just a tension to be managed. Um, And, you know, some disciplines... Discipline is what carries vision. You know, I I just truly believe that... Um, you can have a vision, but if you have no disciplines or actions to lead to that, it's just a thought. Um, so, you know, a couple disciplines, we, we talked about Craig Rochelle. Um, he kind of inspired this idea of creating one habit a year. Um, so when it comes to the broad picture, that's something I've tried to do. Last year, um, I realized about December, I hate flossing. And, <laughs> you know, it's something that every time I do it, my mouth bleeds. And so January, I realized, like, this is something I need to do, start flossing. Now I love flossing. You know, I, like, I, I get last excited. Year. You this started, last year. you did it all year? Yeah. And so now it's just like an innate behavior. Um, and so this year, um, like, reading the Bible in the morning, that's just something... It sets the day. It sets the standard for the day. It gets the mind. It gets your mind right, and also it's a devotional time with the Lord. Um, and so it affects every aspect of conversation, the way you listen. Um, but I think one thing when it comes to just you know disciplines and habits um, is mentally, whether it's you writing it down. For me, I don't write it down. I just know in my mind what are the things that are priorities in my life. Um, so for me, you know the two lakes pantry position like that is something that's a priority student body president at SNU helping volunteer at BFC college with Timmy my relationship with Taylor my relationship with family my relationship with Taylor friends. Swift Taylor Swift Taylor well, Taylor's a little better than Taylor Swift um, hey Taylor Womack shout out Taylor name, <laughs> name drop she's uh, gonna hate it she's gonna hate this she's gonna hate this time right now yeah uh, but you know time with friends, family, and physically staying fit. Like those are priorities in my life. And, you know, I think as you get older and those responsibilities kick up a little more, one thing I'm learning is that if the things that come up in a day don't fall under those specific priorities, they don't matter as much. And that's a hard adjustment and kind of um, conditioning to make. But, you know, I think if, if you're someone who's wanting to level up, if you're someone that's, you know, has this big vision, you're thinking, how do I get there? One thing I'm learning is that 
figure out what your priorities are and what are the things that are going to get you to that God-given vision. And if they don't fall under that, maybe not always say no, but the fact of the matter is having your priorities in check is going to be able to cause a lot more freedom to say no to the things that maybe don't fall under those priorities because those priorities is what's going to lead to that final vision. Um, and so I think write it down, put it in your phone, make it your iPhone wallpaper as cliche as that is. Um, because if you define what your priorities are, I mean, you define what your vision is, whether you know about 20% of it or a hundred percent of it, figure out what are those daily habits? What are those priorities, relationships, family, that's going to get you there and stick to it. And added to that, I mean, that's all really hard. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, there's, you don't drift into, uh, you know, spiritual maturity. You don't drift into better relationship with your friends and family. You don't drift into being in the NBA, right? I don't know. (laughs) But like you, you just never get, you don't see the vision become a reality just by coasting, you know? And again, in that doesn't mean, you know, you, I, I, I also don't agree with the whole like sleep two hours a night grind right, hustle right. Blah, blah. you know we follow a lot of people like that mm-hmm. on social media and stuff and a lot of people that aren't that way that get tagged as that way yeah. and I don't want to get tagged that way ever because I'm like no that's stupid too like sit at home watch a movie with your wife or your right. friends or whatever you know like that's fine like that yeah. you know but it's like if that's all you do right. <laughs> and if your time is only filled with complaining and gossiping like that's the issue but it's like right speaking for so it's 2020 best year ever i gotta say um uh, best day of my life is right now i uh truly do kind of think that way you know like um i was thinking last night when i was watching the national championship i'm sorry to r.i.p to uh well into trevor lawrence's win streak true um but but you know what i've always said this big fan strong christian leader right like (laughs) i'm a huge ohio state fan so when he was when they were playing in the playoff and they were about to win i texted brighton and i was like dude i'm so sad right now i was like but i'm totally gonna pull the card that i've been a trevor lawrence fan he's a strong (laughs) christian leader like you know so when he gets brought up like sorry about ohio state you know what i'm a big fan of trevor lawrence strong christian guy always Always have been since day one i followed him in high school bet max prep or whatever you know um his highlight reel his huddle um 2020 what are we 15 14 days in 14 15 tomorrow when people are listening to this and um please don't mess with your stuff on my that one's one's on me yeah what is we're 14 days in what's your biggest what's your biggest win and maybe what's one of your biggest defeats so far in the first 14 days i like this this is new i just made this up Mm, biggest win and biggest defeats hold on i'm gonna open my uh bubbly my sparkling water Mm -hmm. this is this is good ad right here Ah, crack into a bubbly you know (laughs) (laughs) they're here Man. Yeah, talking to the mic, Sam. Yeah. And we're almost done, guys. I know we're 40, uh, 45 minutes. Yeah. Man, I would say that's a great question. I think, um, I think the biggest, um, uh, the biggest win, or I'll go with the biggest loss first, the biggest L. Um, I would say, 
I mean, it doesn't have to be that big. Like, same. Like, you're thinking about, like, your whole life here. Right, like, I'm right. Just, just quick, you know? Like, right, right. I think biggest L is um, probably the expectation you have of going into a new year with, like, the big... Um, I, like, fall for it every year. I think, like, beginning of the year, I'm like, all right, there's big goals, big goals, like, starting day one. And I'm realizing that it's just hard um, sometimes to follow through when you have the big goal January 1. Um, but... Uh, but you know, also I think biggest win um, besides OU losing. Sorry, OU fans. Um, I'm an OSU fan. Um, I would say is uh, probably maintaining maintaining some of the disciplines that I wanted to start uh, for this year. Uh, we've kind of had just like a crazy start um, when it comes to everything happening over at the pantry um, with student government, um, but just kind of being consistent um, at the start of the year, I think was the big, w- biggest win. And we moved into um, a little bit larger of an apartment, me and my roommate, and so we're now not on top of each other in an efficiency <laughs> apartment. Um, so we've had a little more room. And you are big Big dudes. We're, we're larger men. James so, was carved out of a rock. James is a beautiful man. Beautiful. A beautiful man. Uh, and yeah, he's <laughs> like six foot, uh, he's six foot eight, but we like to say six foot four because he really is. Um, but, but he he lives life like he's six eight. He does. He does. And so both of us kind of being six foot kind of heavier set guys um, living in an efficiency suite was an L for last year. Uh, So having more room to operate and not basically be hugging each other every time we walked by is a win. James could curl me. James could could curl you and overhead press you. And overhead press me (laughs) and throw me into a basketball hoop. Truly. Um, So... Okay, so your L is you start the new year, you're sucker for it every year, like, oh, it's going to be different, it's going to change. So let me let me show you something that I've lived my whole life. I just thought about this metaphor. I've been trying to find words for it. Most of my life I've been excited about the cannonball, right? Like I've been like, oh, yeah, like a big splash, you know, a 9 out of 10. Like let's get going. Everything's going to change. And we're similar, you know, and so I know that's kind of how you're thinking. And in 15 days, you thought you were about to change the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's a little bit longer than that. So instead of trying to be the cannonball where you make a big surface splash, I'm trying to be more like a wave pool where you don't even see the machine and it's underneath at the very end of the pool, but all of a sudden they blow the whistle and you see that the waves start like, oh, there we go, and everyone runs in, right? Like, And like the first few ones are just kind of slow, like it's not a big deal. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is awesome, and you're hanging on the edge and the lifeguards are telling you to get off the side of the wall, you know, like, but all of a sudden now it's got momentum and it's going. And so I think for so long in my life, I was like, I want to be the cannonball. I want to bring in a lot of spark. I want to do this. And that's good. I think that can help start the waves, but it's also like, I want to begin to build a strong underneath current that just flows, that has momentum, that isn't reliant always on the next cannonball. Because even the ripples of a cannonball end pretty quick, whereas a wave pool and there's a flowing river, you know, like those things push and move forward. And so it takes time to get them going, but once you do, the momentum continues to carry you on. So even now, like with 
I think my biggest ones this year are just real personal, but yeah. it's the not biting my nails, yeah. and which I'm six days straight. <clears throat> okay. And, and waking up at 5 a.m. And it is so hard. Like, I mean, the 5 a.m. one is like, there's days where I just crush it, and then there's yeah. days where, man, I'm waking up late or just way past it, you know? And But it's so crucial to me to win the day, you know? Yeah. And so what I have to realize, just because I miss it doesn't mean it's over. Yeah. Like, I can continue to, okay, let me try to still implement those habits habits that I want to do in the morning, even if I wake up a little bit later and let me continue to build this wave and yeah. eventually it'll have the momentum, you know, and I believe within the next few years I'll wake up and won't even think about it and yeah. it'll be easy to go. So, yeah. And, and one thing, you know, Timmy, you do good at that <clears throat> I think is a lesson for everyone. Like when they have those disciplines, like it's January 14th, this is the moment where those disciplines start to kind of become real. Like the highlight, the cannonball you said goes away tell people, like tell a couple people about it, mm. have some accountability because if it's just yourself, I think there's some goals that you should have just for yourself mm -hmm. that are in private, but some goals like biting your nails, like Timmy told me that about a week ago and I made fun of him. Yeah, his nails sure, are rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. But like, I know that now and like now I can be someone in his life if he is biting his nails, say like, hey, you literally Cut made a resolution about that. Yeah. And so, you know, those goals that can be public, share it with a close friend or two to have some accountability. So like you can tell someone like Timmy, quit biting your nails. Yeah. And I agree. I think that's another huge part of it, making sure you have the right people in your life to help you, you know, and because um, you don't want to. I love that thing of like living on someday island, like where you're always like, well, someday I'm going to do this. Someday yeah. I'm going to do that. I should do this. I should do that. And it's like, well, if yeah. you keep living that way, you're, you're going to be on someday island for the rest of your life. And so yeah. we want to start implementing, doing, you know, things like that. And, um, I don't know. This was good, Sam. And we have been talking for 52 minutes right now. So a long time. It goes fast when you're talking about stuff that you care about. Yeah. Wow. So, um, hey, uh, if you enjoyed Sam's talk and you, um, you know, maybe you don't know him yet, you can follow him at... Sam O'Bannon. That, it's that easy. Simple as that. On Instagram. He is promising right now to follow you back. Follow for follow. That is true. <laughs> uh, just kidding. 2020. Nobody cares about that anymore. <laughs> um, but anyway, you can get to know him. I promise you, Sam's the type of guy that if you reached out and you're like, hey, Sam, I'd love to get coffee, he's he's going to go. Yeah. And um, so if you want to hear more of his story and stuff, if it inspired you or whatever, or if you're someone a little bit further in your journey, that's one thing I want to do too. If you're a listener and you're you know 20 years down the road, from us and you've kind of done these practices and you know us like reach out to us because we love having people in our life that you know can continue to lead us and mentor us and so if Sam's story stuck out to you and you're like hey you know what I would like to just kind of give him some advice or at least just be someone that he can call and talk to about when he's stressed out when he's nervous and I can just tell him that it's going to be okay you know we we long for that we love those kind of mentors in our life so I know that Sam is no different there but hey so one of the things that I'm trying to do is I want to continue to, you know, whether it's interviewing my friends or people I get to have, you know, someone opens the door for and they're like, hey, uh, Timmy, you should interview this doctor I know. He's owned his own practice for 20 years. And we can kind of talk about the in the meantime, the, the stage from where he went from being an undergrad to getting to have his own practice. And so if you have any people like that in your mind that I should reach out to, let me know. And um, one thing that really helps, Emma. This podcast and eyes uh it was the most listened to 
no surprise there. And so I'm sure that it'll, you know, beat Sam's by a few hundred by the end of Sam's. I'm watching it 50 times. Yeah. Uh, by yourself. Um, yeah. So if you um, share, that would be really cool. And I, I am so encouraged by the friends and the people who have texted me and said, hey, I listened to this and it, it helped. And I know I've been mentioning that a lot um, at the end of my podcast, but it makes me want to keep doing it. And um, so if this helped you or encouraged you or you kind of it led you down some other thought patterns, let me know because I really like to hear that and share it with your friends and like and subscribe and leave reviews and all that good stuff. So anyway, Samuel O'Banuel. Thanks for being on Timmy Riggs' Life in the Meantime podcast. Appreciate it, Tim.